When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 Plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Playing thrill. With Froggy, Brian Golf, and Wacker. You're listening to the Playing Through Podcast. It is Froggy from Elvis Duran in the Morning Show online at Froggy Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Podcast online anytime you want to uh, reach out to us at Playthrough Golf on Twitter. Also here with uh, Brian Wacker from Golf Digest. I, Brian Wacker, one on Twitter. And Brian Golf. Just the all-around massive social media influencer. <laughs> does it? He, he does it because I hate that. I he hate does, it. He hates it. You know what, though? Today's really interesting because I'm a club fitter, too, and we're going to talk to a club fitter. We are Whoa. talking we to go. one of the best in the business. I mean, there is nobody better when it comes to fitting clubs and doing it the right way. We're going to talk to I, – I don't want to mispronounce your last name. It's Keith. How do I say your last name? Sabarbaro. It's not hard. Sabarbaro. Sabarbaro. Okay. From – Taylor made and Keith has fit some of the best in the game and sees golf a totally different way. So Keith, thank you so much for coming on and joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. So Keith, you know, I, I guess I'm going to start with Taylor made really has almost every single person that you look at when you look at the top of a leaderboard loaded stable. Most yeah. of the time they're playing with Taylor made clubs. And so I just want to pick your brain in. We're going to go back to the day when Nike folds up shop and you realize that Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods are technically golf club free agents. Is that when you swoop in and you just send them everything possible with a TaylorMade logo on it and get them to try it? How, do, how does that work? How do you go about getting those two guys to come into your stable? Yeah, obviously when Nike exited the game, the game changed. I mean, I, I never thought it would be possible to have Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy 
in our stuff. So when that happened, um, it's not only them, it was a few other guys there. We, we wanted to, uh, yeah, go do it right. But I mean, I think everyone just sent them things. Uh, we didn't just send tiger things. We, you know, kind of, you know, I just kind of talked to them and tried to do it strategically, I guess. Um, you know, we sent a few things to Ireland for Rory, but he wasn't looking to switch. I guess the first thing we did is, you know, I, I knew it was happening. I had a little inside information because Jason Day's contract was up, and we knew that he was doing something with Nike, and we were also knew that he could play our clubs next year. So that was kind of a mm. flag of something's going on and changing. So I was able to, when I was able to finally say something, I instantaneously called Rory and his agent. So I was the first one to the plate there to let him know our interest. Um, with Tiger, he wasn't really playing golf, but um, we knew when he started playing, we wanted him to have some products and that we just wanted, you know, I just wanted the opportunity to go visit him in Florida and get a few hours with him and show him what the TaylorMade stuff could do. And you mentioned Tiger, Keith, um, he, you know, look, he, as we all know, he doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. So, and that includes when it comes to, equipment and equipment talk and and um he's a guy i'm sure who is fascinating to work with because his golf iq is off the charts um what was that experience like for you to to pick his brain to work with him bounce things off each other when you went through the actual process of you know finally fitting him and narrowing things down and, and getting things the way he wanted yeah, I mean, as you said, his golf IQ is as high as anyone you'll ever be around. Um, I think the biggest thing with Tiger is just listening to him. Mm. You know, he, uh, and he asks a lot of questions, too. He wants to learn about the product, like, you know, the CG locations, how you hit it. Just He just keeps asking a lot of questions that you have to answer wisely. And, I mean, to be quite honest, he kind of fits himself down his own path. Um, he knows what shots he knows what feels he's like. He's very good with feel. If um, the CG gets moved too much to the toe, you know, we try that in some fairway woods, the head droops. And I've seen him hit two inches behind the ball by moving the weight to the toe. So he's very sensitive with feel. And he honestly kind of grabs a club and waggles it. And sometimes he won't even hit it after the waggle. I mean, he's <laughs> really just, awesome. He re- yeah, no, I'm serious. I mean, how good yeah, is that? I've, yeah, I've seen him do it a couple times. And then he grabs one and wag, you know, and, and so a lot of it's a look, a feel. He knows what he wants. And to be honest, I, I, I just, I don't try and do too much. I just try and let him talk and ask questions and then just try to help lead him to where he wants to get to, to be honest. And along those lines, he's talked a little bit about this specifically with the driver, trying to, to find his comfort zone there and made some tweaks this year, gone to maybe a little, uh, you know, as he called it, a stouter shaft and, added a little bit of loft to the club head. What's he ultimately looking for in, in the driver when he goes through that process? I mean, he's looking for the same thing everyone is. You know, when you get in term and play, you're looking for flight, you're looking for shape, you're looking for your misses to do what they should. And I think all those, you know, I think the first few events he wasn't getting that, and a lot of that probably had to do with, you know, he started playing in tournaments, and as he says, his game speed gets to be a little more, and that's – uh he kind of felt the shaft that he had been working with, you know, the first time I went to saw, to see him, he went into that tensei and it worked great for a while. But I think as he got stronger, he mm-hmm. felt that mm-hmm. the head just wasn't where it needed to be at impact. And 
it was, you know, his idea to go back to an older shaft that was a little more stout, and it's, you know, he's very, he's much more happy with it. Right. Now, Keith, you've done a ton of fittings. I mean, we're talking, you fit Dustin Johnson and Jason Day and uh, uh, Rose and Rory and all these guys you fit. Was it, is it a completely different experience every single player, or are some of them very similar and yet some are very different like Tiger? Yeah, I think everyone's different. A lot of it's personality, how they, you know, some guys are way more technical than others. Um, yeah, I mean, I think every guy you handle a little bit differently, and every guy's looking for a little different, whatever it might be, shape or flight. I mean, they all don't play the exact same specs. They all present the club differently. So each one is, you know, unique. And, you know, the advantage I have is I've been working with a lot of them for so many years that I just kind of know what they want before we even get there. And it, it's generally pretty easy now, to be quite honest. Who, who's the easiest guy to fit? Oh, they're all pre- – I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, you look at Rom, Dustin, Rory, yeah. Tiger, Rose. I mean, they all hit the driver so good. Um, Let me ask it this way. Who tinkers maybe the least? Once they find something, they, they just – they stick with it and, and, they, and they just keep, keep with it. Those guys, Rory for sure, yeah. and Rom. Rory and Rom, once they get something, they don't switch. They just keep going. Dustin will tinker a little more. I mean, he's played M3 and M4. Sure. And he'll even, you know, he won last year. He won three tournaments in a row with one driver. And two events later, he switched heads into another one. I think he went back to the old one. But, you know, Dustin's not scared to uh, switch something Thursday or Friday if he thinks it's better or Saturday or Sunday it's better than what he has where John just, you know, and Rory, they get fit initially launch and spins good. And then they just go with it. Well, something that I've noticed as far as fitting some players with M3 M4 is that the, the shaft that was in their M1 and M2 didn't necessarily translate into their M3 and M4. So I find it really interesting that you're able to get Rory just straight into the same Kurokagi that he has now. And then DJ playing, Kind of like the DJ version of the speeder, right? What What is it about, I guess, those yeah. shafts and those setups that, that have allowed them to just stick with them no matter what the, I guess, specs are on the head? Well, we, I mean, we've tried other shafts. I mean, DJ's played the same shaft since he came to him. Right. It's just been rebranded a few times. You know, John Rom's in the same shaft. Rory's in the same shaft. Uh, Rose switch shafts, Day switch shaft, and Tiger switch shaft. So it's, it's kind of 50 50. Uh, when we first start, I like to stay with the same shaft just because when you start, you know, changing shaft and head and then you go play competitively, you know, then you start questioning what is it, the head or the shaft? You know, so I'd rather, especially when you're, you know, I fit both Dustin and John Rahm, you know, the, the week of Kapalua. You know, John didn't even have a head. He was in Spain. I met him in Hawaii. And so when you're when you're fitting these guys, you know, two days, three days before they're playing their first event, and it's really the first time they've got to work with it, I prefer to stay with the same shaft just because, you know, it, it just it's less confusing for them if the driver's not flying perfect. You know, you start going shaft and head. It's like, what is it, the shaft or the head? So uh, we generally stick with the same shaft, but then if that's not working, then we start looking into new shafts. So when you're at an event, and we'll just say recently, like the Honda Classic, and you're out on the range, you know, on uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, working with the players beforehand, you obviously already know their specs from head to toe, the swing weight that they want or prefer, uh, the you know the flex of the shaft, what it all comes out to. You know their build 100. percent So when you're going back and forth from the range to the trailer and working with players. 
how often are you changing and showing them something new? Like, well, if we get this set up in, you know, maybe a little bit lighter set up or a little bit heavier set up, whatever it may be, or if we, you know, uh, tick the loft down a bit this much or, you know, tick it up a little bit, you can get this or move the weight here. How often are you changing things like that week of tournament when it's something that you pretty much already know exactly what the player has been fit for before? Uh, it's like Rory, you know, at Rom, that hardly ever happens mm-hmm. unless the club breaks or something. Then, then you work with them. But um, it comes down more to the player. I mean, I'm not looking to create work or fix something that's not broke. So, <laughs> you know, if right. the player's exactly. not driving it well, he's going to tell us and be, you know, if Dustin's struggling, he's going to call me and say, hey, I, you know, I need some drivers. I need to work this week. And then I'll get stuff ready to go. And if, if he calls and says that, I'll kind of ask him a few questions, kind of see what's going on and try and diagnose what the problem might be and make a few options to fix whatever, you know, whatever he's getting in his flight he doesn't like, trying to adjust to fix that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're out on the tee. Where, like I said, we're not looking to create work. But guys need help. They might need a three-wood or five-wood or whatever, a a UDI or irons, wedges, the whole thing. We just kind of take it case by case and then address the problems, you know, on the spot. You mentioned Keith Rory being a guy who doesn't tinker a lot. And in one of those areas, if I've got this, if I remember correctly, in in the ball area, he made the switch to you guys pretty quickly and kind of came over – pretty quickly after you know not a not a long period of testing yeah and he said it was the best ball he had ever hit yeah and so so what was that what was that moment for you guys like when he obviously adopts the ball so quickly yeah i mean it's um that whole thing went down pretty fast last year i mean like you said nike got out of golf uh that fall he played our woods a couple times in in asia and whatever hit him good and then you know he showed up the start of the year with a bunch of Callaway stuff. Callaway got to go see him in Dubai, and, you know, he was fighting with a little bit of injuries and stuff. The idea was we were going to get to see him after that, and he had some injuries, so he, he was never really able to test, and you know, probably worked out in our favor because he ended up having to play, you know, those clubs and then the ball he had chosen at the time, you know, up through Augusta. And, you know, at Augusta, he struggled with his distance control, especially into the wind. So I know the characteristics of the ball he was playing. So um, the day I finally got to see him, it was kind of down between he'd already decided he was coming with Callaway or TaylorMade. Uh, I was able to see him, you know, the week after Augusta. And, you know, the main focus was the ball. We, we know we have the best ball, you know, in the wind. We've tested it. Our players, you talk to anyone, downwind, into the wind, crosswinds. I mean, we just, we have the best wind ball. So uh, we were able to test at Bears Club. And the beauty was we were able to test into the wind. So for me, that was the the whole day. And pretty much all we did is, um, you know, we started off with seven irons. And, you know, with TrackMan, you can normalize and then take it off normal normalization where it shows actually far the ball's going. We had them hit the competitors' balls against ours and just showed them the data right on the spot. He probably hit five or six with each. And, you know, normalized, every ball is going within four yards of each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when you take it off normalization, you know, the other competitors' balls, there was a 20-yard gap from short wow. to longest. <laughs> That's unreal. And ours, the, the, most, the most it was short to long was eight yards. Wow. So, That's unreal. Now, you know, how- in his five or six balls with the competitors, he'd get one that would fly 163 when it should have been flying, you know, 183. 
I was going to ask, actually. And with ours, the shortest one was like 174. And I mean, honestly, that was the selling point right there. And I knew before we even got to Woods or whatever, I knew at the 7-iron that we had this thing. We we were in good shape. A lock. I was going to ask, Keith, when it comes to, you know, fitting your players, how much of it is spent on normalized and optimized, uh, the optimizer, and then how much of it is spent without it to get the real numbers? Most of it's done normalized, to be honest, because you're fitting to. Um, yeah, I just like it because it takes out all the all the variables, yes, and right. you know you're, you're you're dealing in yards, you know, and you know. So I mean, the launch and spin and stuff that's obviously important too, and that's not as you know the normalization. But I'm just more concerned. You know, it's the same when Dustin practices wedges; you always normalize. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, he's fit, he's hitting them to certain numbers, so. I do most of my stuff on, you know, normalized. I'll take it off sometimes just to see. I'll go back and forth, but uh, I like to fit with it normalized personally. Now, Keith, walk us through. So let's say, you know, the new year started. You TaylorMate's come come out with the M3, M, M4 twist face. As you approach a tour player who's been playing his M1 and his M2, and he's very comfortable with that, walk us through the process of handing them new equipment and how do you get them to put that into the bag and are some – uh, a little easier to get into the bag, and some are a little harder. They 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 they, they want to test it more. Yeah, it's it's exactly that. Some are easier, some are harder, and it's not you know every year it's different with every guy. So um, yeah, I mean you know like I said, you know their specs. Um, you know with uh, Rory, we were able to go see him before he went back to Ireland before Christmas, and you know I just build a few up to his specs and. Uh, meet him at the Bears Club, and we hit his old one versus the new one. And, I mean, the old one's the barometer. He loved his old driver, and we know the launch spin and speed, and we know how he shapes it, and then the goal is to get him something just a little bit better. Wow. And with Twist Face, you know, this year, and in every club has its selling features. You know, we have new technologies on everything, and this is why it's better. And obviously with Twist Face, this was a really exciting year for us, and you know, one of the coolest things we've done in a really long time. And we brought head tracker with us so we could show him, you know, when you hit it off the toe and heel, this is what happens. And, you know, the selling point with him that day is he was hitting his old um, M217 and he was actually hitting it absolutely perfect. But he finally hit one about three millimeters on the heel and the ball you know, curved nine yards offline to the right. And we were messing around with some twist face stuff, some different specs. And on one of the 440 heads, he, he healed at nine millimeters and it only went uh, three yards right. Wow. So instantaneously, we were able to show him that. And he's like, Are you kidding me? You know, and then we start talking more about the face. And then he sees that when he hits it low heel, the ball's actually going four or five yards farther than his old one and straighter. And then it's high toe and it's the same thing. The ball's staying in the air more. It has more spin. It's not diving, and it's pretty much a slam dunk. Um, we're able to show them, I mean, slightly more speed, a few yards more distance, and then you have a little bit more accuracy. It was uh, – That's a win-win all around. Yeah. Keith, you mentioned the ball there. You know, that, that's that been a hot topic lately. But one of the – I don't want to ask you about distance and, and that sort of thing, but I'm curious your, your viewpoint. If you think one day, at least at the tour level, we're going to end up – where we have a quote tournament ball at that level, do you see that as, as, as something that's a possibility, some point in the future? It's obviously a possibility. You can't, you know, 
you can't go online without reading another <laughs> comment about right, it. So, right, right. Um, you know, Jack's obviously very, you know, yeah. And I think Mike Davis, I think the biggest concern they have over it is the length of the golf courses and then just mm. the amount of water it takes to, you know, I, I think that's way bigger than the, the distance part of it from the USGA standpoint. So yes. I don't know. It, it's a tough one. We went through the groove thing and it really didn't make a difference. <laughs> and we knew that as manufacturers, you know, um, which is amazing, right? Because the drivers, yeah, you yeah. remember back to the grooves. That was such a big topic at the time. Right. And, and there's been, it has changed nothing. It hasn't changed a thing really. Right. I mean, and you guys knew yeah, that. I as, mean, as I believe do with shot link, if, I think guys got hit it like an inch closer yeah. out of the rough, you know, it's just not going to change the way you play by changing the grooves. And we knew that And the, the, the sad part of it from the manufacturer standpoint is how much money it costs us. Sure. Right. switch all those irons. I mean, I remember we had guys in the Kenny Perry's of the world that were an old product that didn't want to switch. I mean, we had to change every iron we had on tour into mm-hmm. a new groove. Mm-hmm. It cost us a lot of money and now you have to test everyone. So it's not really helping us out at all. And it didn't really make a difference. Right. Um, the ball thing's interesting. You know, I don't, you know, I, I get it from the you know, the cost of taking care of these, these golf courses and the water and everything. Sure, yeah. But from a course standpoint, I mean, I caddied for Dustin at Marion. You know, it, it was so difficult. I don't yes. even remember what one, but I'm not <laughs> sure anyone broke par. It's not like uh, you're hitting four irons off the tee and they're the hardest par fours you've ever played. So right. there's, <laughs> there's ways to keep these guys from, you know, you don't have to make 8,000-yard golf courses to make them tough. No. There's other ways to do it, you know, right. and the way you do it is you make it firm and fast. The problem you got is if you make it firm and fast, it doesn't matter if it's 8,000 yards or 9,000. You know, when the ball's rolling 50 yards, they're going to drive it 360. It's simple as that. Right. So, um, I don't know. I yeah. personally don't think they should do it. You know, as a you. fan of golf, I like watching birdies. I love standing out on the tee and watching Dustin Johnson fly the ball 320. Me too. 285 isn't going to be very fun. Right. From a fan standpoint, I think it's a terrible idea. It is a terrible idea. It's more fun to watch these guys smash the ball. It is. I I love to open my PGA Tour app and look at Dustin Johnson's drives and see how far they are. I love it when he hits the ball. 370, 380. Yeah. The, I mean, the ball that, I mean, the, the drive everybody talks about in Hawaii that Definitely, I still yeah. don't know how that ball didn't go in the hole. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, that it, was fun. It was, what, wasn't it number one on Sports Center's top 10 that yep. day? Yes. That same drive, if it ended up 80 yards from the hole and then he wedged it to five feet and made birdie, that's not even a highlight. Nobody talks about you know, it, right? I mean, that grows the game. Dustin Johnson hitting the ball a long ways grows the game much more than you making it harder and making it less fun and making it less fun to watch. Well, in the correlation, right? Baseball, same thing. Everybody likes to watch home runs in baseball, uh, or a lot of people do. The the general fan basis does. And and we saw home runs up this year um, in in higher ratings. People watching, um, people like the long ball. And I I would think the same is true um, in in golf. But I think Keith makes an excellent point. It's it's about the golf course, about the, the, the distances and the maintaining of them. And so forth, and what courses are. But you're right. By the way, winning score at Marion that year, uh, one over par. Justin Rose. Justin Rose. Yeah. Oh, that is yeah. my favorite. By the uh, way, that's why I love five over six yeah, over. Yeah. That's why I love the U.S. Open. Because... By the way, Justin Rose, Taylor made guy. Thank yeah, you very much. Right. Yeah. I yeah. life her. Hopefully, hopefully yes. you guys never lose him because I just I love his enthusiasm. He's just as excited about your equipment that you are that you have Justin Rose on your staff. Right. I, I love. Yeah. Awesome. 
That's good stuff. Uh, Brian's also got a good oh. question about the golf ball that we've talked about as well, too. Yeah, and this is more TP5 versus TP5X. I've played basically the TP5X, I'd say 70% of the time in the last year, and then the other 30%, I'd say, you know, or 28% would be the TP5, and then the other 2% is testing new balls. I'm a really, I'm a high spin player, um, you know, with, with the driver. My whole goal is if I can get it somewhere between 22, 23, 24, I'm money. And the TP5X, pretty great. But I prefer the feel through and through of the TP5. My only thing is off the tee. I, I want to know, because I haven't sat on TrackMan and spent a lot of time on it because I don't, I don't like taking TrackMan out on the range and then going and chasing the balls out on the range. Right. So, you know, if I can't do it on the course, I don't, I don't do it, and I don't have that much time to do that lately. Uh, so my whole thing is, is there a number? Can you tell me that, hey, Brian, you, you need to play TP5X if you are concerned about, you know, getting a little bit too much spin off the driver? Or is it pretty comparable because I've hit balls on the course and they go about the same? That comes down to strike, I think, more than it does, you know, spin numbers and all that. So for me, who, you know, I, I take the game very, very serious, do I need to go play the ball that feels best or do I need to play the ball that gives me the best numbers and, off and the And this, team? by the way, is apparently why we had Keith on to fix Brian's right. golf ball exactly, exactly. You know, from if, if we want to get technical, TP5 to TP5X, it isn't a huge difference off the driver. Where you see it more is in the iron. Okay. You know, it's a five-layer ball, and, you know, that's why we're able to control, you know, the spin rates and launch of each shot from short, you know, to the driver. And off the driver, I mean, I see maybe a 100 RPM difference max. Okay. Wow. You know, yeah. I, I don't see that's a big minimal. spin difference. Um, you know, I might see a slight speed difference, maybe the TP5X a half mile an hour faster which could be a yard or two, but from a yeah. spin standpoint, I don't see much. It's more, you know, it's more, if, if I'd have done that same test with Rory with the TP5, he would have had a, you know, he's, he's a high spin player. He's hitting into the wind. He would have had a bigger gap, you know, with the TP5 than the TP5X. I mean, yeah. I think it's more of an iron, uh, you know, a mid iron. Uh, I got you. Question yeah. than a driver question to me, and uh, I love the TP5 too. And I've done the same thing. I can't tell a difference on the golf course. I've hit them head to head with drivers. I can't see a difference. I can see a difference with like a seven and six iron, though. Okay, you know, and I, I've tested it. And into a strong wind, I mean, for me, the TP5X, you, you just you flight it down, and it just it goes. It goes farther. It oh, I love that. I absolutely, and yeah. I, I've hit all kinds of golf. I've hit almost every single brand golf ball there is. I love the TP5X. I just, I think it's an amazing golf ball. It feels good. It flies good. Once again, here in Florida, we play in a lot of wind. It does perform very well into and also downwind. Yep. That's the other part downwind is if your ball's overspinning, it'll go farther downwind, mm-hmm. shorter into the wind. Right. Yeah, you know, and if your spin rates are, you know, a little more consistent, you won't get the long ones downwind either, which is obviously a huge advantage. I got one question before we let you go, Keith. Custom fitters in the stores or, you know, at a custom boutique or whatever, you know, your true specs of the world, your club champions of the world, what do they need to do better that they that we can learn from what you do on tour? It's a good question. Um Well, as a club well, fitter, I, mean, I, I, I want to know the been, answer. I, I I'm greedy been, here. I'm I'm being the selfish. I have I've thought many times of like going to a golf shop and getting fit into a driver, like at a PGA to a super sub, just to see what, see they, what they do. do. I'm sure. so disconnected from it. Mm-hmm. All I deal with is the best players in the world. And I fit myself and I fit my buddies and everyone can play. <laughs> and 
Um, hey, my, my advice to anyone fitting is it should be simple. You know, you start going too many shafts, too many heads, yep. too many weight changes, you, you're, you're way off. Yeah. Everything should be pretty simple in golf. I mean, you know, from a fitting standpoint, you can put a guy on a track, man. You can see his attack angle. You can see his path. You can kind of see how he presents the club. From there, it tells you kind of your parameters of launch and spin. You know, if a guy is hitting down on it five, you know, and you you know that you're probably not going to get 14 and uh, – 2400 or right. 29 and 27 might be a good fit for that. Right. Guy. Something else I wanted to ask you. We've seen a lot of success with the spider putter that TaylorMade has. What do you relate that to? I mean, the spider really went from a couple guys playing it to about a year ago, everybody was playing the spider. It was an explosion. What do you relate that to? Well, I mean, I've been out there a long time and we brought out the original spider, whatever that was, 08. JB Holmes won with it. And we had a little success, and then we brought out this, I think it was called the Itsy Bitsy at the time with that little slant neck. Yep. And the first day we brought that onto the green, I was like, man, this thing sits square and looks good. And we started showing it to players, and a lot went into play. I don't even know what year that was, to be honest, 2010 maybe, 11, 9. And it was, it was honestly, of, of all my years, I, I was out, you know, I've been out there 18 years. It was the most sought-after putter we had. It's the best putter we ever did. And then I think it was 13, we started moving to some other things, and we stopped using it on tour. And we got to a point in probably 2015, our putter line, our bag was sitting on the greens, and guys just weren't grabbing anything. We just had lost focus on that. You know, as a company, we probably lost focus on a lot of things, but we lost focus on that for sure. So I... You know, talked to our putter guy, Sean Mullen, and said, why don't you get some of those great, whatever they were called, itsy bitsies or whatever, get those out here. At least people were asking for them and using them, and they were staying in play. A guy would put it in play, and it would stay in play. It wasn't just one-week thing. So we brought it back out. Jason Day grabbed it, started putting well with it. Um, I just think it's the best putter we ever made. If You know, I've always been a kind of, you know, whatever you want to call it, ping answer, Newport Daytona style putting guy. I've never been able to putt with a, a two ball style or a yep. game improvement. And that putter there, because of the neck, because yep. it's not face balanced, it put it putted more like you know, I could actually putt with it. And so we brought it back out. Day went to it, and I'd been sending Dustin these putters for years. He must have had ten of them in his garage. I was always trying to get him to switch, and he'd always stick with that Scotty. And then we finally got him. It was. Um, Wednesday at the BMW in uh, Indianapolis, I got him one on, it was, I think he had three holes left in his pro-am. He holed a couple putts and he went out that week and won with it. Wow. And it just kind of builded momentum. And then, you know, we got John Rahm and got him to switch. He won the next week. And then, you know, it was Jason Day's idea to make it red, you know, after the Redback Spider in Australia. Mm -hmm. And we just knew we had something cool and it was a great putter. So, we're just like, let's flood the tour with this putter and see what happens, and it just absolutely exploded. And, and now, it's still hot. And now a lot of them are face balanced now. I know the Tour Platinum when it's silver and red, that one is face balanced, correct? Or is the, the face balancing has really often bend in the shaft, correct? Yeah, it's just the bend in the shaft. So, yeah, some guys like face balance, some guys don't. It's just nice to have options because everyone releases the putter differently. Right. You know, we have some L-necks, we have some face balances, we have that what we call the number three hosel, which is what Day, Rom, and uh, 
Dustin use. And I think that's just the most popular one. I just think it with that head, the way it sits, I mean, if you go grab a spider with a three hosel and set it down, I mean, it sits so square and looks so good. It's uh, yeah, it's the best putter we've ever made. And we're not going away from it anytime soon. I mean, players love it. They putt good with it. You can follow it strokes gained. I mean, you look at Dustin, what he's done from every distance with it since he switched. It's it's made him a way better putter. Well, now you've Simple got that. you've got me jacked up to go try one. I, I similarly, I've been a Scotty guy and a blade kind of putter guy for a long time. And now, the way I putted the other day, I'm. Mine's a Newport two, right? Yeah, like a Newport yeah. two select or whatever it is. I just can't. I, I from four feet in. You, I even played with Brian Brian Golf that I played with him. He said, "You are not aimed where you think you are." Nope. My aim's off with it. I can't make anything go. with it. My son sounds like we're going to the golf shop. Well, my, my son's got a tour platinum, which is silver with the two red little look like little rocket boosters on the side. I take his putter. I make everything. <laughs> I don't miss anything. My speed's good. My line's good. Everything. The putter just feels good in the hand. And Froggy, you you have that putter, man. It it swings open way too much. You got too much of a gate. Right. So I for need a you, face balance you do putter. need a face balance because it's still going to have probably a little bit of you know face movement in it or some movement of the face. You know, if you took because I, I play a spider and it's all because of the slant neck. Like I can't putt with a putter unless it has that slant neck. I can't do a plumber's neck. I can't do face balance, anything like that. Because I the opposite thing. Like for me, face balanced, I, I take that putter back and it's like closed Dead on the shot. way back. Yes, yeah, yes, I, just, yeah, I, don't. I can't hit anything with it. So yeah, frog, you need to get you need to get on board. Take your son's putter and get him. You know, give him your Scotty. Right. Uh, so, I said we wrap this up and go do some equipment. Testing. That's exactly what we That's do. What I do. Hey, we, Keith, how many? Do you still have your beard? You still rocking a beard? I go in and out. Yeah. Like, yeah. At yeah, the Honda. Technically, I do right now. I, I'm off this week. I'm going to look oh. really bad this week. <laughs> I, saw, <laughs> I saw you rocking the beard at the Honda. I just wanted to know how many people thought you were Dustin Johnson. Right, yeah, he has that look. I wanted to know that number. He does. I had a beard before him, though. That's not <laughs> yeah, true. But then I, I shave it and go back. I don't know. Well, it's just without <laughs> the beard, I don't, I don't feel like you look as much like DJ. You know, people think I'm aging. All the time. Oh, the yeah. amount of texts yep. I used to get when AJ started caddying, congratulations on the win. You know, <laughs> they were endless. I'm like, well, I just said, I ended up just saying thanks to most of them. That's awesome. I didn't awesome. want to explain <laughs> that wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Good deal. Keith, thank you so much for your time, especially now that we know that you're, you're off this week. You took the time to call in. We really appreciate it. Uh, big, big TaylorMade fans. Uh, I just got fitted for golf clubs, got fitted for the 790s, uh, and also fitted for the M3. So, Huge TaylorMade fans, appreciate your time and appreciate everything. Thanks, Keith. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, guys. Playing through with Froggy, Brian, Golf, and Wacker. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.